This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Happy May the 4th, everybody. It's the first 73 minutes of tonight's game represented the drudgery of the Star Wars prequel trilogy. Then everything after that point was more in the realms of the original trilogy. Basically, we went from Jar Jar Binks boring us all to sleep to the Rebels blowing up the Death Star. Real Madrid, the masters of the remontada, have done it. Again, and for another season, Manchester City have failed in their pursuit of a first ever European title. I'm here with James Bench and Jimmy Conrad to unpack another euphoric night for Los Blancos and discuss the prospect of a repeat of the 2018 final. Kego Lasso Champions League Wednesday recap begins right now. Mm, everybody, welcome. Yes, you will. Welcome, everybody. May the fourth be with you. What a ridiculous game once again. Jimmy Conrad, how are you? I'm in disbelief. I'll be honest. I can't believe this is real. You know, it's one thing to do it maybe once in a Champions League where you have some miraculous comeback. They've done it for three consecutive rounds, round of 16, quarterfinals, and now the semifinals. I guess this proves why they're the most successful team in Champions League history. Absolutely. James Bench, thank you for staying up late with us. How are you, my friend? Yeah, I'll be a lot happier when you can it with the Star Wars nonsense. I will keep going, I will, if you keep asking. I know, Moody James Bench, I'm going to give you Star Wars quotes the entire time if you keep complaining. <laughs> hey, everybody. Welcome. Champions League Wednesday recap. We have a final. Look at that man, Carlo Ancelotti and the chaos that, that is Real Madrid. I've done it again, as Jimmy says, but we want your comments. We want your questions. What do you think, Real Madrid fans? What do you think, Man City fans? What do you think, Liverpool fans? Are you excited at the prospect of a revenge session from that final from years ago? Unbelievable stuff, but amazing. Man City were leading 2-0 in this second leg until the 90th minute. 90th minute. It was set. It was done. And then Real Madrid come back from the dead just unbelievable jimmy break it down for us i mean so listen, many listen. ways we can talk about can we, this but try and wait, do wait, the wait, best wait. that you can no no no. can we talk about this chronologically because i'm still in somewhat disbelief that casemiro didn't get a goddamn <laughs> yellow card in this game like how is that even remotely possible he two-footed kevin de bruyne from behind like 10 minutes into the game like how does that not even warrant a card and then he check he, yeah then he does some crazy yeah, I'm doing, I'm, just doing, I'm, I'm just, giving you I'm doing a check of madness so Casemiro yes you got Casemiro I mean he took down Phil Foden at midfield like these are yeah. obvious textbook yellow cards with a referee that likes to give yellow cards historically throughout his career and for whatever reason Casemiro always dodges it with ref I just don't understand it so I kind of wanted to start yeah. there check. but um yeah yeah I it, this game had everything and and I actually thought when watching the first half, watching the beginning of the second half, that maybe maybe Real Madrid had run out of their good luck because they had so many clear-cut chances. Kareem Benzema missed a pretty clear-cut header in the first half where if it was against PSG or Chelsea, he's burying that, right? And, and 
then Vinicius had a, not to say tap in, but he had a pretty good chance at the start of the second half. Didn't finish it. I was like, all right, well, at the, at, it makes sense. You can't be that morat. You can't, you can't have that many miracles happen in three consecutive rounds, but I was proven wrong. And one of the things that I think shifted the game was when Zinchenko and Gundogan came on, they immediately made an impact for City and that led to the first goal. But then Pep made two other subs. He brought on Grealish and he brought on Fernandinho. And I don't think those two subs in particular worked out. And, and not to say he was overthinking. I think that's where a lot of people are going to go. But but it, those just two subs did not work out. And they, they needed to close out the game and they couldn't make it happen. And Grealish needed to close that cross that led to Rodrigo's second goal. And I, I mean, I, I, go ahead, James, Benj. I don't well, even know what to say other than that. I mean, <laughs> But, but, you know, it's sort of very there, but for the grace of God, go City. But Grealish did. He he did almost everything. That's true. He got that one cleared off the line. I forgot. Cleared off the line by Furlan, Furlan Mendy. Um, sorry, bear with me. Is my mind no, I, I wanted to ask one thing, Benj, before you, you keep going. I wanted to ask one, one thing was, why did De Bruyne come off? I think that was a big mistake. He wasn't uh, playing very well. He looked a little tired it's to Kevin, me. It's Kevin De Bruyne. I think you, you, you took him off a little. If he was tired, that's one thing. But I thought I thought he took him a little too early. Well, the one thing I would say, kind of my my view on that would be, he, I mean, he wasn't playing well. Bernardo was playing fantastically, and we saw Gundogan came on and, and made a really positive impact towards the game. And you kind of have to. I mean, it, it feels like a lifetime ago, but we kind of have to remember there were two goals up on aggregate when when Guardiola made these changes. This wasn't sort of a one goal. We what we have, we hold approach I mean you know Jimmy's mentioned some of the moments there this wasn't perfect defensively but they'd still held Madrid to zero shots on target for 89 minutes and I think it's a natural 99 out of 100 managers 100 out of 100 managers in the situation Pep Guardiola was in would have said you know let's keep this tight let's not give them anything to to go on and this was just a a complete freak. It was a, it was a moment, you know, I don't think this was maybe the way City should have played it. I thought they were a bit too defensive, a bit too reactive, but you know, they, they got the job done until they suddenly didn't. And it, it was, it was mad. And, you know, it obviously enters the annals of, of City history. And there is something clearly about this, this team in the, the biggest moments in this competition that they just get a bit fragile. And I think actually that the real issues were more what happened after Benzema's goal, where I don't think they really created anything. And yes, you know, in that in those circumstances, you probably would have wanted uh, Kevin De Bruyne, fit or not, at 100% or not. But I think this kind of really comes on, you know, the, the players, on on freak bad luck, on a magnificent bit of defending by Furlong Mendy. I, I, I feel like Guardiola did everything he could to set his team up to win this tie. And, um, well, well, maybe not, but, I mean, it worked. It worked for 89 minutes and then stupid stuff happened. It's It's remarkable to me that Madrid can figure out ways to get results even when they don't play well. You know what's kind of actually funny? They, I, they, of the all the second legs that we've seen or any of the, the games prior to this, I actually thought this was their best game over 90 minutes. They created some clear-cut chances. Now, statistically, as Benj is correct, they didn't get any shots on goal, but some of those chances were pretty clear-cut, and they were a little bit harder earned in the previous second legs, let's say. But when it's time to actually get something done, and Rodrigo, I don't know if we've been talking about him. All the love goes to Benzema, goes to Vinicius. But the guy scored a very important goal off an incredible Modric pass against Chelsea, right? Which got them into extra time. And then again, he shows up in the biggest moments and is like the super sub of all super subs. 
Now they're talking about going to get Killing Mbappe. Now if you have Vinicius Mbappe and Benzema, and, and then you have you have the Riss Rodrigo kid who continues to get better and better and better. Uh, you just marvel at what Madrid's got going uh, heading forward. And Camavinga, I thought, was excellent again when he came on. And I think they're actually a little bit better when he's on as opposed to Tony Cruz, uh, unfortunately, as much as we all appreciate what Tony has brought to the table, World Cup winner and all that. I I, I tweeted out, and a, little, a lot of Liverpool fans are, are upset with me, and you guys are welcome to get upset too. But I said, I actually already feel bad for Liverpool because this Real Madrid team is destined to win the Champions League. It's just... <laughs> It's meant to be. There's just no way you can have three miraculous comebacks in a row and not get there to the finish line to make it happen. I know that it's going to be Liverpool's revenge after Sergio Ramos and his Mo Salah armbar and Loris Karius and all this stuff. And I'd love to see Gareth Bale, by the way, make a Champions League uh, final <laughs> appearance and score a, a banger bicycle kick again against Liverpool. But it is it is incredible what Real Madrid's done. The calmness that I think that Carlo Ancelotti exudes from the sideline is is really second to none. The guy is unwavering. And I thought there might have been a drop-off emotionally after winning La Liga, but uh, they found another way to keep it going in the Champions League. It is, it, we're, we're witnessing history here, I think, with this Real Madrid run in the Champions League. History, indeed. The first manager to make five appearances in the Champions League final. That's remarkable after also this past weekend winning in Spain. That He's won the league in five different you know, leagues in Europe, of course. I thought the first half was pretty even, actually. Stats almost mirrored themselves. And then, to James Benj's point, Pep Guardiola was doing everything right. I mean, they weren't conceding. They were still controlling somewhat of the game, a little bit defensive. Yes, and then Real Madrid. It's just chaos. It's just chaos. I actually think the game was won by the players on the bench, actually. I think that's what happened, where Real Madrid, to your point, Camavinga was excellent the moment he came on as well. It's 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 just amazing. And I still thought, because I predicted this morning that it was going to be a 2-1 win to Real Madrid, but Man City to win an extra time. Because I thought that Pep Guardiola would do what actually Real Madrid did, James Bench, which is, you know what? We're an extra time. We got to go for it. We can't like hold for something. And I felt that, you know, maybe it wasn't, I don't know. I just don't know how to explain when you lose to Real Madrid, is my point, James Bench. Like, where is Pep Guardiola looking at when he looks at the tape? Well, I think they they froze, didn't they? Mm. Um, I, I mean, I thought the, the player they missed the most was Walker. Um, obviously, yeah. he, he couldn't. He was great against Vinicius Junior in the beginning. Phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and just brought a composure to that. Even though it's this, this is a strange thing, I thought Zinchenko played pretty well, but I thought Walker brought a composure and a, a bit of veteran leadership to that defense that that no one else was really offering. Ruben Diaz, I think you just put it down to him not being fully match sharp. But he was he was quite disappointing. Edison again is that thing we go. Well, he's hardly tested for ninety minutes. He looked a bit poor. Um, I think it, it feels like it feels like basic lazy analysis to just put all this down to mentality because I don't know. I can't. You know, I have no way of knowing what's going on in in those players' heads. But I thought from what I could see on the pitch, they just lost it. Um, like. Yeah, 179 minutes of pretty good football, um, really undone there. Uh, I know it's a cliche, but part of it is mentality, the Real Madrid mentality yeah. of knowing what to do in these situations. It's, they're just a, their DNA is about these situations, and Man City, as good as they are, maybe they're not. I mean, I, I think what, what interests, what's more significant, I think, is how City do respond to that adversity and how quickly <laughs> the plan just went. You know, mm. they were pumping balls long into the box with Imeric Laporte <laughs> as a 
as an auxiliary centre forward. Like this isn't how you play. Like sh- I know that this is this is stress, this is nerves, and you, you, people get desperate in those moments. But surely after all this time, they would kind of be able to drop back to these underlying principles and go, let's just keep the ball. Let's take the fouls that come our way. Um, I think they really, <laughs> this is the first time all season I've genuinely thought it, but I was like, God, they could do with a big man up top. Because it was, this was like Graham Taylor's England at the end, like <laughs> yeah. knocking it long to Les Ferdinand, you know, yeah. and that's perfect for Real Madrid. And it's yeah. strange to see them just lose it like that. Before Jimmy jumps on a uh, call to action to everybody that's joining, new viewers, uh, commenters, keep on those comments, keep on those questions as well Cal are you really bringing Tottenham into this let's just talk about Real Madrid and Man City Cal, I get it what you're saying but Jimmy uh listen how, how do you where does Man City go from here then uh, it, I'm obviously the focus is all on the Premier League but how much is this going to be a drop on uh confidence because li- this Liverpool machine keep on going although to your point you think Real Madrid's uh, this is uh, their tournament to lose. <laughs> it's, it's anytime you want to discount Madrid, they prove you wrong. So I'm yeah. just going to stay out of that for now until we get into some preview mode, proper preview mode for the Champions League yeah. final. With regard to Man City, what happens if they get caught by Liverpool? And then in the Premier League, it's 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 possible. I think at this point, I think there's going to be an emotional let off because this was the trophy they were chasing, and because of how they lost it. It was the 90th minute when Rodrigo scored and they gave up the next goal in the 91st minute. So to Benj's point, the fact that they had that type of collapse and that capitulation. Now, in fairness to what Liverpool did the day before against Villarreal, they had a halftime. All right. They gave up their two goals and then and then got it even at that point and then had a halftime to, yeah. to Villarreal say, scored too early. Real Madrid scored too late. Yeah. Exactly. But but it's like they had that little bit of stoppage in between. They're like, OK, hold on. We're Liverpool. You know, and they and and they and City didn't have that moment. Had they had gotten, well, I guess they couldn't have drawn. If it would have ended one one or whatever, uh, City would have gone through. But if they just would have had a moment of, of just a pause and say, "Hey, listen, we got this," or whatever, I think City see themselves out of it. But because it just got out of hand, it, it's crazy at times to think that players of this ability and of this much experience can still fall into these traps. That that it's such a cliche that you could give up two goals in, in two minutes, or that you're going to start lumping balls forward like Graham Taylor, and that, that that just no way City would ever do that. And then you see it, and you just can't believe it's happening. And of course, it's going to be happening to the team like Real Madrid. I mean, I'm still really grasping for the right words to describe what I've seen because every single time we see Madrid play in the knockout rounds, you just don't know how they're going to do it, and they figure out a way to pull something out of their butts. Man, it is unbelievable to see. So fair play to them. I have to bounce. Thank you for having me, everybody. I'll be on HQ a little bit later. Jimmy, I love, your, I love your faces. I love your faces. I can't wait to start to preview this final. We love you, buddy. In soccer, we trust Jimmy Conrad. HQ, Jimmy Conrad. See you later, Jimmy Conrad. Thank you so much, <laughs> Jimmy see Conrad. You guys. And uh, it's just James Benj and yours truly. And James, I promise we won't keep you too long. I know it's late for you, and you got to go to Ibrox tomorrow as well. So it's a long week for you well same question to you james bench man city where do they go from here how does this damage too much the journey that is to reclaim the premier league title what do you think i mean certainly it feels possible i i I, someone's gonna have to help me with what their game is at the weekend um very well prepared for this but i think i've been so deep diving diving deep so deep into uh tonight's game and i think newcastle james bench well there you go that feels like one where points could be dropped um, certainly you're less confident about them winning the Premier League. But actually, for me, one of the things that intrigues me is is when does this all kind of weigh too heavily on them? Because I don't, you know, there's a large part of me that says, look, 
they will be a better team next year. If you add Erling Haaland to this, it solves an issue that crops up every once in a while. If you add, I mean, I don't know where else you desperately need to strengthen, but if you feel like strengthening somewhere else, you know, maybe adding another forward as well alongside Haaland, you could be hugely successful and once more be the best team in Europe, which is what they've basically been for the last five years. But will you ever trust them again in the decisive moments of big European games? And will they ever trust themselves? That's where I'm sitting now with City, is, is it's getting to the stage, much like with PSG, where I just am going to start doubting that, 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 they, that they have it in them. Because it will be a lot of the same players that have been scarred by this. And it will... It's the fact it keeps happening in ever more bizarre ways. You know, you have VAR really robbing them against Spurs. Mm. You have Guardiola inflicting issues on them, especially against Lyon, arguably against Chelsea. And now you have just this just one minute, two minutes where everything fell apart. I am coming round to the view that that kind of this particular iteration of City will not win the Champions League uh, and that Pep might not at this club. I can't believe I'm saying that. Um, but I just, I, I have got to the stage where it just feels like I can't quite trust them in the fi- in the semifinals and quarterfinals. Yeah, at the very beginning of the season, when they were, you know, putting together the squad, they just purchased Jack Grealish and everything looked, you know, how they were looking, whatever. I did say, I do worry about them in the Champions League purely because I feel that sometimes you need more than the X's and O's. You need somebody up front that can just do something like when things are not working or whatever. I don't know if it's as simplistic as that, but I do believe that part of it has to do with that. To your point, you know, does Erlen Haaland solve that situation in the summer, give them a different type of contrast? I understand they have so much to give up front and Pep Guardiola likes to alterate and, you know, move his players around and Gabriel Jesus can sometimes be on the wing and then, you know, Phil Foden as a false nine, et cetera. But they do need something. And I think it's been proven today, you know, in certain situations. I mean. I mean, how important was that Mendy clearance from Jack Grealish too? Like, you know, that that could have been it. That could have been the game. There's, you know, it's just, you know, just tiny little moments like that. Yeah, and that, well, that's also what kind of end, what makes you think, yeah, of course it could, because they just had the tiny little moments go against them, and, and you know, tiny. They even had moments within that tiny little moment go for them. Like, yeah. what was Courtois thinking? Um, but that's what we're about, right? That's what we said the whole time. Man City are about the narrative, right? Let's set the scene. Let's try and control the game for 90 minutes. That's pretty much what they did. In fact, they were 2 nothing up. This game looked good for them. They organized the thing. And then Real Madrid are the complete opposite of organization. They're about moments. They're about just taking and grabbing that chance when they have it and reacting to what's happening. It's, un- it's just unbelievable to me. I-, I don't know how much... We talked about Newcastle at home, James Bench, but then they have... Um, Away at Wolves, away at West Ham. Wolves are playing in their flip-flops. Yeah, true. Away at West Ham, um, at home to Villa, and that that should do it. At home to Villa, last day of the season. And there's another team playing in their flip-flops. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, it's, it's hard to know because ultimately, you know, everything you say is right about controlling the games and... More often than not, that works. Like, you know, we saw that in last year's semi-final. City dictated the terms, really. They dom- they were dominant across the pitch. And that time it was reflected in the scoreline, even though there were freak moments. But I guess, you know, this this, this happens. And I don't, I don't know where I think see City. I think I know where I see Real Madrid, mm. which is it's still coming. It's still in the post. Like, 
I don't, I just cannot believe that you will, that you will get away with the bad moments again against Liverpool, a team that are perfectly primed to punish any lapses in concentration. And actually, there was some great defending by uh, Ed Militao, I thought, and um, Nacho as well. And Thibaut Courtois was great in goal. Yeah. But here you have in Liverpool a team that can can beat Real Madrid any way they want. But it, I mean, that doesn't mean they will. But this is a team that can dominate with possession, like like grind you down with Thiago, with Fabinho, with Trent Alexander-Arnold. Or if you kind of come on to them, they'll rip through you on the break. You know, I think I think, and as Mo Salah said last night, he wanted Real Madrid, and that wasn't just about revenge for Keith. It was also about the fact that he knows that City are a better team uh, than Real Madrid. Well, we will see. And that is the final. Real Madrid against Liverpool. It's a repeat, of course, of that uh, time in Kiev. Uh, it was the third straight Champions League victory from that run for Real Madrid. It was actually Cristiano Ronaldo's final uh, Champions League appearance with Real Madrid as well. And obviously, you know, Gareth Bell scored that beauty, the Salah injury. So obviously there's a lot going on in that game. They are different from that moment. Perhaps not so much Real Madrid in terms of philosophy, in terms of what they do in the Champions League. But Liverpool are definitely a different team for the better. They are stronger. They are deeper. You know, people are talking about this is the best Liverpool squad ever. It's hard to argue against it. So at face value right now, James Benz, you are leaning towards Liverpool despite what the narrative may be pointing to. Yeah, I'm I'm leaning pretty strongly towards them because they've got some pretty tempting narratives behind them. I mean, we'll know then whether or not it's a quadruple or just a a treble, not the treble. Um, but you know, this is a this is a team that have have proven pretty much impossible for any team to beat. Uh, over over two legs in a cup competition, you know, when you can eliminate this Liverpool team, turns out you actually can't. Um, they are, like you like you said, Luis, they, they are a, a completely radically different squad. We saw that um, last night, didn't we, with how Luis Diaz off the bench turned the tide. They will have those weapons in the same way that Madrid did back in 2018, correct me if I'm wrong, but Gareth Bell came off the bench in that game he did. to win. And, you know, they were, that was the time when, Madrid had had those game changes. We've seen they still do. Rodrigo, Camavinga, excellent young players. Liverpool's game changes off the bench maybe a little bit more experienced, a little bit more battle-hardened. You know, they can bring in a Naby Keita, they can bring in a James Milner, Firmino or Xhoto, or whoever it might be off the bench. I, and they, I mean, but it's Real Madrid. <laughs> this is so difficult. By the way, Jaime Macias is a good, uh, our friend, uh, this is the most played continental final out of anybody liverpool against real madrid no more than any uefa cup hasn't there including uefa cups that's right including champions league this is the most played continental final it's a funny one because it's probably the uh, you know the idea if you were sort of saying what would be the best european cup final you know picking uh, i get to know a team from the ages you know it would be two from or two two from maybe the three of I mean, Madrid, uh, Liverpool would be right up there. And then maybe you've got your Bayern and you're, you're into, uh, your AC Milan or, or whoever. But I think this is like, you know, that stat really sort of proves the point that this is the European final. But also, I mean, I, of course, I'm biased. I'm, I'm, I'm English. I am the, the Premier League guy for CBS. 
I wanted two English teams in the final, like from a professional or from a personal perspective. Um, but I do think also that would have been the two best teams in the world. Like, but the, and it's very rare we get that in a European Cup final. I have to say. Um, yeah, no, I had a tweet ready. I had a tweet ready. I had a tweet ready on the 89th minute. I had a thread ready saying Man City, Liverpool, the two best teams in Europe, arguably the world from the strongest, the best league in the world. I'm also a Premier League guy. I was ready. I was ready for it. And it was a deserved final. It was the one that you expected. This is the two strongest teams facing off against each other. Why not? But then comes Real Madrid. And I just don't know what to make of it. Uh, from a chaotic perspective, but from a historical perspective, it's the most played continental final out there. So it, it is going to be intriguing. And I guess from a Karim Benzema perspective, a Luka Modric perspective, it's going to be an absolute festival. And Carlo Ancelotti, by the way, just to repeat, his fifth Champions League final, which is kind I of... I mean, a- and if you, if you thought Benzema had motivation throughout this competition, oh, now he's heading, heading back to France. Uh, you know, he is going to be determined. Yeah, I'm sure it's... As a guy from Lyon, I'm sure there's extra motivation to do it in Paris as well. Very and I'm good sure point. He, will, he will want to. I I don't like talking about Ballon d'Ors and things like that, especially at this stage of the year. But he will be thinking, "This is my Ballon d'Or if I uh, if I play well." Yeah, but there's just so much talent in this: Mohamed Salah, Luis Diaz, Diogo Jota, Sadio Mane, Karim Benzema, Luka Modric. My God, Vinicius Junior. It's just going to be fantastic. I like it from a aesthetic perspective because one of them is heavy metal football the other one is kind of like let's react to the heavy metal and let's see what happens it's bound to be a a cracking game in paris uh and good point about karim benzema returning to his nation and seeing what he can do in the capital unbelievable by the way uh very quickly obviously this was the first installment of uh, scrapping the away goal rule uh how would you assess it what would you make of it yeah i think it's fair um you know, it's clearly not, it's not robbed us of much drama, has it? Um, <laughs> no. Like, it did favour uh, Real Madrid, obviously, like with the mentality side, because they are, you know, sorry, Man City well, was, from 4-3. Yeah. Yeah. It, would, it would have been a very different tie. And, yeah. But then the first leg would have been very, you would, I just don't think you would have had that first leg. And we've yeah. had, a, I, you know, I would need to sit down and go through every, all of it game by game. But it feels like we've had a lot of high-scoring ties because teams don't have to worry about conceding at home. Mm. And it feels like we've had, um, yeah, we've not had that many games where one team's just gone, we're defending. And when we've seen them, they've been in like the round of 16 when teams are playing opponents that just aren't very good anyway. Yeah, no, very true. But that's a question to all of you, by the way, everybody watching as well. What do you make of it, of scrapping away the goal rule? Did you like it? Do you want it back? What do you think? We'd love to hear from you. And like and subscribe, of course, youtube.com forward slash Diego Lasso, we're going to take a break. When we come back, um, Diego Maradona's uh, shirt sold for a record. From you and like and subscribe. Yeah, it's going to be good. And then also uh, Europa League and Conference League. We'll chat some final thoughts as well. And that will be a James Benjamin and me, Diego Lasso, Champions League Wednesday. Rico, we'll be right back. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back, everybody. Champions League, que go la so recap. James Benji, Diego Maradona shirt, and the um, famous, amazing, incredible, wow game. Obviously, and World Cup of Slovo, he basically won it by himself. The shirt was sold, a record $8.9 million. It completely surpassed uh, in terms of sport memorabilia, I believe, Babe Ruth's was the highest up until that point. Unbelievable stuff. Uh, I believe it was uh, it was because of the swap jersey from that game. Is that correct, Steve Hodge, uh, who was playing against them? They swapped shirts in that game, and he's thought, you know, <laughs> let's uh, make some money out of it. Unbelievable stuff there. Uh, here's a question for you, James Benjamin, everybody watching. What shirt would make the most money if it was put at auction from this Champions League season? Um, this, I mean, it's going to be something Benzema related, isn't it? Uh, I, I mean, which was his best game? <laughs> Maybe the uh, the the one against PSG. I'm sure that would have a an awful lot of bidders. I know what bit what sports memorabilia I would bid on. None of this football, not that shirt, right. shirt done. I know what you're going to say. Talk to me. Go ahead. Uh, well, no, I don't think you do. Um, I okay. would bid for, and here's a very niche reference for our American audience. Well, it's not niche for our British audience, but for our American audience, will we? Um, I would bid for Ben Stokes' cricket bat from when okay. he made that unbeaten uh, century, the greatest, one of the greatest innings I've ever seen in my life, uh, to to beat Australia in the third test of the last Ashes series here in England. Yeah. A lot of that, I, mean, I imagine, means absolutely nothing to most of our viewers. Uh, definitely, definitely not to uh, to, to our America. I thought you were going to go next wise. I thought you were going to go Patrick Ewan, Walt Fraser. I thought that's what you were. Never win anything, do they? No. Well, Walt Fraser, come on now, yeah. come on now. Uh, all right, all right. Uh, I'd, go for, I'd go for one of his suits. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, Mauricio says Alaba's chair goes for way more money than than any shirt. Fair, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, I don't know. Yeah, Des Norris says. Uh, Cristiano, Sheriff's Cristiano. Uh, that, that's a good one. Yeah. I think Benzema's up there. I, it's, hard to, it's hard to argue against Karim Benzema making the most in this uh, Champions League campaign as well. Arnold Danjuma, <laughs> throw it in I there. Right. By, by transitive properties, uh, don't Sheriff get to be Champions League winners? Yeah. Beat well, there you go. Millennial champions. At Real Madrid, too. So, exactly right, my friend. Very, very good point. All right, let's uh, move on to Europa League, Conference League, semifinals. They continue. James Bench, you're going to be there at the Ibrox as Rangers host Leipzig. Uh, what are you expecting? What are you thinking? This is going to be a difficult game for Rangers, but they're at home. Ibrox always a 12th man. And and some, some good news fitness-wise as well. Aaron Ramsey sounds like he'll be fit. Kamar Ruth as well. And they maybe have found a good moment to play Leipzig. Obviously, uh, Tedesco side won. Uh, the, the home leg, but they've lost two games in the Bundesliga. I think they're going to have to be conscious of the fact that, you know, they've, they've, they've got to fight for fourth place in the Bundesliga. You can't take anything for granted because, um, you know, they'll they'll know they'll be in for a tough matchup in the final. So I'm intrigued to sort of see how how uh, Leipzig approach this. And then kind of, as we were saying on the preview pod, the longer Rangers stay in this, if Leipzig can't win it quickly, 
that Ibrox crowd, I'm so excited. I've uh, I've never seen it in person before, but everyone I uh, speak to says it's particularly fantastic on European nights and they don't get much bigger than this. So I cannot wait. I love it. And uh, West Ham are traveling to Eintracht Frankfurt. They're down to one. What do you make of that one? Yeah, Eintracht Frankfurt do struggle at home a lot more than they do away. And I think you could see in the way they played that first leg that there probably would be a team that would like to to play more on the counter than, than being the home team allows them to. And West Ham are just, there's something about this team. Um, I think it might not, they might not quite have enough to get across the line. Uh, but when you've got Declan Rice in that midfield, and I think he's, you know, one of the best midfielders in the world, if he can really stamp his mark on the game, if you can get him and, and him on the ball, Suchek moving up, making those late runs, if you can get it out wide and get it in the box, you've got a really good chance. Um, I still favour Frankfurt slightly, but uh, I think this one is is borderline too close to call. Yeah, it's only it's only two one. It's only two one, and I think uh, for West Ham being away from home, they don't care that they'll they'll do. And to your point, it's all about how Declan Rice dictates that midfield. Uh, Europa Conference League as well, by the way. Roma host Leicester City and Marseille against Feyenoord, which was a cracking game in the first leg. Uh, what are you expecting from those two games? <laughs> I love Jose Mourinho's comments today where he, he was going on about, he couldn't help but make another dig at Daniel Levy about how he'd taken Tottenham all the way to the final and then he never got to manage. I'm sure he will get the, the chance this time. I'm kind of coming around to, to Roma to Roma winning this one. I, I think there's going to be, I mean, they're not a team with a, a great, I mean, they have a great history in Europe, but in terms of actually getting to finals, from my memory, I don't remember in my lifetime seeing Roma in a European final. Someone's probably going to pull something up, but I have to say, my, you know, my football memory only goes back to the late 90s. I'm quite young. So, um, like late 90s. Um, so, I am quite, but then Leicester is, I mean, that's two, this, these are great semi finals. Sorry, I've gone off on a bit of a tangent there, but, um, like four fantastic teams that I'd be more than happy to see in any of these these competitions. So uh, it should be a cracker and, and Marseille uh, final as well. That's that's going to be a really fun one. Um, I'm looking forward to, to to seeing how much chaos Matteo Guendouzi can cause in a uh, European semi final second leg. Yeah, they're going to be they're going to be absolutely fantastic finals. Yeah, Leicester City. I mean, you know, it's going to be hard for them. Just I feel like once again the Olympico Stadium is going to be, you know rooting for that sort of home mm. crowd there's a lot of you know i mean i'm just as you were asking that question i'm just looking at their history in europe it, to your point uh, actually it's not great in terms of reaching anything of significance in fact there was an intercity fair cup which they won in 1960 1961 and the anglo italian cup which they won in 1972 so you're your educated guess is correct, James. I mean, obviously, there was that, that run to the semi-finals a while back. But, you know, I mean, that was a proper Real Madrid-style run, wasn't it? Right. And reaching the actual final, indeed, is not. But in terms of their coefficient ranking in UEFA, from a UEFA club perspective, they're pretty high up there. Uh, you know, out of the all the nations, they're just behind Sevilla in front of Tottenham, Ajax, your Arsenal, etc. So we'll see what happens if they can make it happen. All right, well... That's it, my friend. The only final thoughts we had was uh, good luck to Seattle Sounders as they look to make history, uh, becoming the first MLS club to win CONCACAF Champions League as they face Pumas in the second leg, by the way. Check out In Soccer We Trust's full preview episode on that YouTube and podcast as well.
well. But James Bench, final thoughts. I know uh, you got a long day tomorrow, so I wish you good travels. But final thoughts, my friend. Yeah, up, up the Pumas or whatever they say. I don't know. <laughs> You're rooting for Pumas. You are just oh the biggest God, troll, bro. Not, why would you not root for a team called Pumas? Yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, I mean, Seattle have Raul Ruiz as a Peruvian, so I, obviously I have a little soft spot. For yeah, but look at that bunch. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Pumas. But yeah, it should be a good game. That's 10 p.m. I'm going to be fast asleep. I'm married to a teacher. I go to bed in about an hour, so no chance. I'm going to get up for my flight. The yeah, there's no way. The real gangster stuff is going to bed early, getting up early. That's the real yeah. gangster stuff. Absolutely. James Bench, thank you so much, buddy. Safe flight, safe travel, my friend. I appreciate you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you, everybody. Que Golazo Pod on Twitter, youtube.com forward slash Que Golazo. Please keep on subscribing, keep on sharing, spread the word, and we have it now. Real Madrid against Liverpool in Paris. You can watch it exclusively on Paramount Plus, CBS Sports, CBS Sports HQ, some pregame shows as well. All of it is going to go down. It's going to be a fantastic final, and we've got so much action to come as well. We can preview and so much more. Have a great rest of your week. We'll see you next time. James Bench, LME, Que Golazo. See you then. Have a good week. Peace out. The wait is over. The Shy returns with new episodes on Paramount+. Plus. What brings you to the shed? Opportunity. Everybody get down! Walk right up to the side. A new rain is coming to the south side. Never should have sent a boy to do a woman's job. The Shy. New episodes now streaming. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash The Shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with the Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. The subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply.